Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Deeper Daily Podcast for the sixth day of September. I'm Paul, and we are journeying through the Gospel of Mark. We're in chapter 15 today. We've been talking about the individual components of what happens primarily on the way to the cross as Jesus has been has had his trial he has been mocked scourged beaten they've crushed his skull with the crown of thorns we've talked about Golgotha we've talked about Simon the Cyrenian there's all of these little individual components that make up what's happening at the cross. And one of the ways that we really teach, preach, and understand the theology of the cross is to see the types and shadows inside of this event. What we are confronted with as students of the Bible is the reality that while we are seeing scriptures fulfilled from a prophetic standpoint, as in a verse in the Old Testament tells us something then fulfilled in the stories of the new, we are confronted as Bible students by the reality that the authors of the New Testament have the Old Testament to work with, and there is the accusation that they are reverse engineering the story in order to fulfill the prophetic words of the Old Testament. What I mean by that is Let's take, for instance, Psalm 22, which tells of the of him pierced in his hands and his feet, uh, you know, his, his tongue cleaving to his mouth and being so thirsty, the soldiers dividing his garments. It's obvious to us when we read those texts that those are fulfilled in Christ, but we, we do have to deal with the reality that the writers of those stories about Jesus know those Old Testament texts and can be accused of intentionally putting those things into the Jesus story so that they fulfill those Old Testament texts. Now, how I feel about that is that I I believe the story of Jesus and I believe the story of the resurrection having encountered him by faith. And so when I see these stories of Jesus. I see these as fulfillments of prophecy, but I want to acknowledge the detractors who say that this is being written to show the fulfillment of prophecy. They're saying it through a a, a skeptical lens that it's being written, though it didn't happen, to fulfill prophecy. You have a choice to make. And I, I say this to you with no fear of your own journey because I think that you are able to wrestle out how you feel about these texts. Does Mark, does Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, do they make up stories about Jesus that look as if he's fulfilling Old Testament prophecy? Or are they telling the stories about Jesus that happen to be fulfilling Old Testament prophecies. Now, you may be listening and saying, well, why would you even bring that up unless you believe that? Um, that's actually not true. I, uh, we, you know, People that bring things up um, often get accused of believing them. I, you know me better than that if you've listened to the DDP. I love to put out alternate ways of thinking about things, a lot of which I don't believe at all. But I think it's necessary, if you're going to be an honest student, to at least look at the other side, look at the opposition of it. And then when you end up in the faith, you've wrestled out the faith to a place that is real, 
not just theoretical, not just heady, but but real in your heart. And so here's a great example of it. It's our text for today. It's verse 24. And when they crucified him, they divided his garments, casting lots for them to determine what every man should take. And of course, this is directly prophesied in Psalm 22:18. Now, you could then say, well, Mark puts this into the story so that it will look like Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. Um, and, and I get that argument. I don't agree with it. But what we do know is that the spoils of those who were accused, whatever they had, uh, I said that wrong, whatever the accused or the, those who were being executed, whatever they had after their trial could be confiscated by their, ex, their executionist. And it was considered the spoils of the job. And so it's not a far stretch to imagine that if Jesus is wearing a garment that they want, uh, this might seem like an unimportant detail, but it is a fulfillment of Psalm 22:18, a, a psalm that describes the agony of an undeserved death, and we've walked through that many times. But it's not outside of the historical record to imagine that the soldiers take the garments, because we do know, according to another gospel account, that Jesus has one whole garment that is woven all the way through, which would have been quite an expensive garment. We can also make a further assumption based upon the fact that he is part of his entourage are uh, large groups of women that take care of the day-to-day needs of that group of traveling disciples and missionaries that perhaps uh, in, in that there was a lot of... Um, a lot of garment mending, um, making of clothing. And so somewhere along the way, Jesus has been blessed with a garment that those at the cross want. I, I, I think that you as a reader, uh, you as a believer, can take the time to figure how you land on these stories and the relevance that they have. I choose to see them as being brought to the surface by the writer because they were fulfillments of prophecy, not as being made up by the writer to make it look as if prophecy were fulfilled. The story of Jesus is too big and too great to overlook. Therefore, these little stories that fulfill Old Testament prophecy to me, fall into the greater story of the existence of Christ, lending validity to to what they are. Verse 25, it was the third hour, and they crucified him in the third hour as a Roman way of saying it's about 9 o'clock in the morning. The morning hour would have started around our 6 a.m., and so the third hour means Jesus goes on to the cross at about 9 a.m. We'll look at the inscription and what's happening on the cross because we now have Jesus crucified. There's a past tense. They crucified him. We'll look at crucified and we'll look at what this looks like both for Jesus then and for us now tomorrow. See you then. God bless.